Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Define happy. Um... Oh, oh, we're going to record a trailer. You've about. got to start now. So you've got to say something, okay? This is this is audio, not television. Yeah. Um, you can't just sit there looking handsome like you do on your stupid television shows. Do you think I look handsome? Well, yeah. you're the, you're the, I, I don't have much to compare it to. You're the only person I see. <laughs> what about Ben? Ben's handsome for my age. Handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Now, have you? It's uh, this is this is complicated because you, you're suddenly all inverted commas bunny is. No, that's the wrong way to do it. But you're all busy, aren't you? No, I'm not all busy. What I am There's is a big fluster this morning because we have we, our column is back, the one that we yeah. write in the Times that you can buy uh, if you listen to the podcast on Friday. Tomorrow on Saturday, buy in the Times magazine, you will find that the Jars and Esther column is back. The Corin's in lockdown uh, again, lockdown mm. three, and we didn't want to do it, but they said, "Will you do it?" And we said, "Okay." And we said, "There's nothing left to say." And they said, "I think it's something, or you're fired." Yeah, yeah. No. Whoa. All right then. Okay, fine. So then, so so then you've got that, and then and now, this, and then and we've got then, this, and then you've got to write a piece for that. You said yes to a piece in the Times, and the Sunday Times came I along know. with a piece. And the, can, oh my god, the bright lights of the Sunday Times. Yeah. So have you been? Bi- I mean, despite how busy you are with nearly as many columns to write in a week as me. Yeah. In fact, more than me this week. Have, have you I pre- found you? No, I haven't found you any any pieces. What's happened is that you found me thing you're revealing the workings to pretend yes because obviously what happened last night then is that I basically got all the papers together and I tore out all the stories and I handed them to Esther so that she could pretend this morning to fulfil the requirements of this podcast which is to yeah. be ready with a load of ideas well I obviously them. haven't done that but because, you've written them down yeah I wrote them down so that, so that we could go through them rather than you just rustling through loads of paper um, there are new ones today have you had time to read the papers today I have I was, but I, I'm not sure oh yes there was a really good one in the mail which was about um, today is Wednesday Ed yeah and today is definitely Wednesday. Yeah, what, what My name that? is Esther. I haven't slept for a while, but everything's going to be okay. In the Daily Mail, Sarah Ferguson, Fergie, the former Duchess of York. I know who Fergie is. Has written a Mills and Boone book. She's written a Mills and Boone book. She's written a Mills and Boone, and her lead character is a redhead. It all... It is... Sorry, and her... Is a redhead. Oh, so you're going to go there, because I was thinking with Sarah Fergan, it all started at Pizza Express working. Oh, my God. Give, give me the you know, mail. It's funny. You're too upset. Well, I haven't got the mail. Oh, no, that wasn't that funny, darling. And just because you said it doesn't mean it's funny. Even right. though it's, you know. Fergie Shades of Grey. Duchess makes Mills and Boone debut, and the heroine is a flamehead aristocrat. So it's a... It's an, I it's mean, a, why else would you have hired her to write a Mills and Boone? It's a little bit like the guy on my radio show on Friday afternoon. This fantastic guy, Kim Hughes, bomb disposal legend. He wrote his memoir about being a bomb disposal legend. Then he wrote a novel called Operation Certain Death about a bomb disposal legend. Now, his third book is out in the <laughs> summer, and I'm wondering, what's he going to do? A flamehead aristocrat? No, I think no, not. I, I suspect so. it'll be about a bomb disposal legend. And it's about yeah. how many books... You know, Fergie comes out the first... She's probably done a deal for 
for a few. The first one is about a red-headed aristocrat who... Um, it's called Her Heart for a Compass. What does that mean? I don't know. Is it a quote from Shakespeare? Uh, anyway, so I thought you could, I thought for a possible column, this would be really funny if you did either other members of the royal family's Mills and Boone books and what they would be about. That's easy, isn't it? This is quite William, good. William... William the du- although I do, I love Wills and Kate. That's because but- it's quite a funny idea, to be fair. And then, and in his would be the girl next door or whatever. And then Harry and Meg's would be easy. You know, he runs away to blah, 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 to be with his blah, 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 the kind of imposing matriarch. Will they manage to survive through the blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Prince Andrew. Threatened by his ghastly family. They run away to an island and come exactly. off social media and start a podcast. It is completely Mills and Boone, though. I mean, it totally is. And then there's a, who, who, who else have you got? The Queen's you've got, one. Oh, you've, got the que- you've got the Queen's one, which, which is just be too long. But then uh, you could do, you know, sexy Greek print, sexy Phil. You know, and then, I mean, The Crown is basically just a Mills and Boone book writ small on the screen. But there's tons of like, it could be really, I mean, it could be incredibly, incredibly funny. Incredibly funny. So, um, especially if you're allowed to just have completely stupid titles like Her Heart for a Compass. No, so Her, Her Heart for a Compass, it must be a quote from something, Shakespeare. I'll give my, you know. Mm-hmm. Like John of Gaunt's speech, very... I'll give my I'll give my something for an armsman's gown, my thingy thing. Any like this... opportunity to show off about how much Shakespeare this, knows. This happy breed of men, this little world. This my denial. heart for a compass, my yeah. fart for a bumpers. <laughs> my uh, fart for a bumpers. It's a uh, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, new direction. The Duchess of York poses with a compass, trying to find. It's a photo of her with a compass, trying to find the Peter Express in working. But there's he so was so many... handsome. Everyone at the party was sweating, but he wasn't sweating. He couldn't sweat because he'd been so brave in the Falklands War that he'd lost the ability to sweat oh, yeah. until I knelt before his royal waistband, unbuttoned his royal pantaloons. You should write a Mills and Boone, right? his royal pantaloons. <laughs> I was suddenly realising I was about to get to a blowjob, yes. which you're not allowed to have on the Times podcast or in a Mills, or and, Boone in a Mills book. and Boone book. No, exactly. So I thought that something really touching and straightforward to do, not necessarily funny, is your comics journey with Sam over the last week or maybe 10 days. So in order for the people who don't have them, this is this is basically over Christmas, Sam got very into valuing his Pokemon cards. We had a Christmas Day Zoom with uh, your uh, sister Florence who collected Pokemons in the 90s. And as a result, discovered kind of live on Zoom that she had some that were worth hundreds, if not thousands of pounds. Sam then thought his Pokemons bought in the newsagent down the road yeah. through 2020 must be worth lots of money. It turned out that they weren't and he was incredibly sad, yeah. He's probably listening, isn't he? Because he's No, he's not. He's definitely not listening. Um... Isn't that him? No, that's our, our cleaner. She's still here. God bless. Of course she's still here. She's cleaning my house. <laughs> and she's allowed like to be this, this time. Like this. Go like this. What? Go back, back in the okay. cave. Thank you. Sorry. I know it's only audio, but yes, you're, it's well, so going to bother me. You're so guilty about you, the cleaner upstairs on her hands and he's scrubbing the house. The one yeah. thing you can do is clean your husband's nose. Yeah, exactly. It's the one thing you, one use you have left. No, it's the only reason I'm not rocking backwards in a fauna. In a fauna? Forget it. Where are you going? I'm going to check on the... the, the, the oh, you're checking on my dinner? I just remember I left the gas on for the tomato and prawn curry, made entirely with leftovers from the back of the larder that sell by date in the middle of 2020. It may be fine if it's hot enough. It's the whole point of curry. We've got ancient prawns in the back of the freezer, ancient tomatoes from October in the back of the larder. Mm-hmm. Put loads of spices in it, and that's your that's an English curry. It'll be, it'll be absolutely. Anyway, great. so yeah. So- 
So what happened was Sam then got on this thing where he, I'm talking quietly because he's upstairs homeschooling or whatever he's doing, um, and he thought his Pokemon cards were worth loads of money. He looked them up. He thought he'd found one that was worth 500 pounds. He was really excited. Really excited, told everyone, told the class on told a Zoom. Told whole class. And it's just not. It's no. like worth a pound. Then he found one that was worth about a tenner. And all he wanted, he insisted, we went to play football, can I bring it to the park? And I'd be trying to explain to him, if, if it were, if you've got the, the one thing it has to be, and then I, it was in good condition. Then I remembered about my sort of collection of comics. Mm. I've got sort of a thousand odd comics going back to the mid fifties American superhero comics, and I got Sam catalog. Sam and I have been cataloging them. You think that's a column? Yeah, I really do. Actually, I think that it's that. I think you would make it. You would make it really moving and whimsical in a way that you are actually quite good at when you're when you put your mind to it. I mean, like all tyrants, you're very sentimental. Do you know there's a news peg? Oh, is there? Oh, yeah, yeah there was. No, there that is. Thing. There it is. On in the Times on Tuesday. I actually tore it out because it had let your pet out from the from afar with the app flap. And I yeah. thought we could get an app for our cat. Yeah, only $3,000. Oh, right. Yeah, and why would you want to let so. your cat out while you're on holiday and then it can't come back? But anyway, and there's a picture of... This is... There's a picture of Batman issue number one. And I, weirdly, I knew this before it was in the Times because the night before I'd been scrolling through looking at the prices because what I've been doing with Sam is valuing our comics. So you value them from mint condition, which they rarely are, all the way down to poor. Ours are mostly in fine, fine minus or very good to fine. And then it affects very heavily the value of the comic, which I was trying to explain to seven-year-old Sam. If you collect Pokemon cards, if you collect comics, the whole thing is the condition of the comic. And we were seeing my comics and realising the significance of the issue. Is it the first appearance of the Joker, the first appearance of the reverse Flash, that kind of thing? Is that as important as it being in good nick? And it's not. And I saw that there was this Batman comic. Uh, it's a copy of the first Batman comic published in 1939 in private hands for 38 years, expected to sell for £1.1 million at auction, 800,000, which is the most that the Batman comics have ever gone for. Uh, this is boring, isn't it? It's no? not remotely boring. Okay, fine. It's not, it's, not, and it's not about that. It's about you sorting through your comics with Sam. Now, I don't know what thing you can think of to make your central kind of point, but people are really moved by that kind of story of, of like slow lockdown can't really go out and do cricket because it's all raining and horrible what do you do sorting through you know making and also oh, well, collecting, collecting comments collecting anything is a bit mad isn't it well it's i suppose you could do people in the first lockdown tidied up and sorted out didn't they they did the marie condo they arranged all their books by color and stuff in this one up to the attic to drag out the old comics that i've been buying since the 1970s but not not in a not in a really applied nerdy way so they're bagged but they're not sorted they're not graded grade them all and then sell them because it's time, yeah. because how many lockdowns are we going to have? Let's sell everything, buy some more stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was finding comics that I bought first time around when I was Sam's age, when I was seven. You're yawning. It doesn't sound like it's that great. No, no I'm yawning, darling, because I can't sleep. I'm not, yawning isn't always because something's boring. Okay. Stop it. Stop being so sensitive. You, if you, because yawn, I can't get every out. Every single now. story. You stopped my yawn. No, I know. You stopped yawn my yawn. But, I'm no. trying to get this yawn out. Let me get this yawn out because it's stuck in the middle of my throat. It's great for. For people listening, there, here comes the big yawn. <laughs> if you do that, then I it's can't fine. yawn. It's really nice for listeners to this Times podcast, one of the Times' most successful podcasts, one of the country's most successful podcasts, to know that my wife trying to prevent herself <sighs> from yawning. Right, I've done that. Really, just yawn, yawn, do you yawn, yawn, yawn. Do you think on Shag Mary's annoyed? Do you think she's fucking yawning all the time? Do you think Peter Crouch is yawning all the time on his podcast? Do you think Megan yawns when Harry's talking in <laughs> their Almost podcast? Almost without question. All the time. She, yeah. Uh, um, but it, how much worse would it be if I were a gorilla? Not much. Know you of what I ref, to which I refer? No. I haven't news. read the paper today. Is this today? Yeah. You haven't yeah. read the paper or listened to the radio or anything? No. Coughing gorilla truth. <gasps> 
tests positive at US Zoo. Okay? Oh my god! So let's yes, true. If Esther were a forty stone gorilla, it's like I'd let her go with the cough. It's like if you know what, what do you do when a forty stone gorilla? When, what do you say when a when a forty stone gorilla coughs in your face? Fucking nothing. But listen, gorillas at a zoo in California have contracted COVID-19, the first known instance of the virus spreading to great apes, after two gorillas at San Diego Zoo began coughing on Wednesday. Just sort of funny. <coughs> Shut up, stop fucking coughing. I've got COVID, fuck off. Mm. Um, last week, an unspecified number tested positive. Zookeepers, I mean, how much would you want to administer uh, a COVID test to a, to a gorilla? You haven't had a COVID test when you put the, the pipette thing right down the back of its nose. I imagine um, they sedate them. Zookeepers assume that the entire troop has been exposed because the animals live together. At present, there are eight. There, there are three apes showing signs of illness. Gorilla troops live together in both our zoo. How's blah, blah, blah. this column? You're not going to do talking apes. The, are you? No, the COVID diary of a gorilla. Right. No. You, gorillas what do gorillas do when they got COVID? Ba- 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 banana bread. Yeah, I mean, last will will the gorillas make? Before you piss on mm. my th- joke and then yawn, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's uh, you know you've got this story of these gorillas in the zoo, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what, what and you know the interview with the zookeeper. What are they going to do? Well, he's making sourdough. He's got a little starter going. So the gorillas are out for his exercise. Yeah, um, that's a notebook. That's not a pro- that's not a column. Last time you looked, how many words is your Saturday column? Eleven hundred. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of words to waste on gorillas. It's a funny, it's a funny, it's a funny gag for a notebook. It's not, a, it's not for your Saturday column. What, for, I just, um, you just sort of pissed on this excellent idea. Um, I haven't pissed on your excellent idea. You, you got, I'm you know, thinking for, about you. Imagine, but, but, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's chimpanzees, the whole age, chimpanzees, you know, gorillas, gorillas making banana bread. I mean, you know, but, 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 we tried go, to make some banana breads, but he ate all but the But he ate all the bananas, exactly. And he was like, Even he, the brown ones. Exactly. He, no, ate, he, ate, he ate the bananas. And, um, and uh, it's just I like, suppose you could do, we could do, we, we, we did some yoga, but something about our hips or... Maybe. No, but gorillas have all been told that they can't do the bum, 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 bum on their chest because it, mm. it spreads the virus. It's they have, you know, what, what are they... They can't groom each other. Yeah. But is it 1100 words though? I don't know. You know, hypochondriac gorilla just saying <laughs> i'm sure i've got it i haven't got any sense of it. taste these these leaves that we i'm eating just taste of leaves they are fucking leaves you mm. know you're a gorilla you don't need a sense of taste it's a bit sick for magazine isn't it fuck off that's what does he actually get paid for this drivel yeah you're gonna tell me i only got the job because of my father um oh your first glance at the clock wasn't that of, the, of today's no i've looked at the clock many times already yeah, you, it's, you just i have to sit with my back to the clock trying to think of funny ideas while you look at the clock and yawn what fine is this another yawn? Next time. Fucking hell. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think the gorillas complaining about the coronavirus, it's a one-joke piece and it's contrived. The, the, what, about, what, about, what about where the gorillas going, well, I, you know... <laughs> Come on, you're laughing now. You see, what about where the... I'm where laughing the, at your... Where the gorillas, where the gorilla, the police comes to the gorillas, like, move along, move along. He says, no, I'm, I'm, I, I've... No, no, that, so it, it's, it's, the, it's the sort of hypochondriac gorilla saying, uh, you can't come around, don't come near me, don't come near me. Uh, social distancing. He says, don't worry, I've already had it. Um, no, it's not that I've already had it. It's that uh, yeah, I've got antibodies, but how do you know? And which is what English human people say. No, wait, that's not funny. What do I mean? I mean, um, only- gorillas would argue about whether they could get it, wouldn't they? All those people at the beginning who said they had it, gorillas were going. Wouldn't that be the argument in the gorilla newspapers? No, gorillas aren't sentient in that way. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, Giles. You're only coming back at me with this gorillas piece because you just you're just you're just a wind up merchant and an antagonist, and you just are annoyed that I shot it down. I shot it down because it's not a good idea. I'm really sorry, but it, it's not a good idea. It's not going to work. What about... Yeah. So, Sex in the City is being brought back, series 412, with only three of them, not with um, the Kim. hot one from Mannequin, <laughs> Kim, Kim, Kim Cattrall. And she's not... Uh, she's not in it. But, but in the first way, people went, oh, well, it's going to be a bit rubbish. What's it going to be about? Now there's been a whole... Was it okay? Debate. I was just thinking there is a fun column here in because it was like they're bringing it back, but now they're old and it's different. Right. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun if it, fun if you brought back other TV series? Oh yes, that was from yes, the seventies, yes, eighties, yes, yes, and nineties. Yes. I thought it was interesting because you loved Sex in the City to, to my utter bafflement. Right. And I thought you might have something to say about Sex in the City, but I thought it would be fun. Oh, I've got loads to say about Sex in the City. Not least, I was I was listening to, in preparation for it coming back. I was listening to a podcast about Sex in the City, um, about the making of it, and they've interviewed everyone: Michael Patrick King, Garen Starr, Sarah Jessica Parker, not Kim. Those are all people who no one's heard of. Everybody's heard of those people. Well, you said them so far. Gareth King. Michael Patrick King, Who's Darren that? Starr. They both Patrick wrote King? it. Michael Patrick King was is, is basically the show running, the executive producer. He wrote like quite a lot of the series before they brought in women, women writers like uh, Cindy Chupac and Amy whatever her name was Cindy Chupac Cindy, oh. Cindy Chupac sorry yeah I'm sure no one's ever made that joke about her name um, and they were saying there's a there's a scene I think in the first series where all four girls are sitting in the back of a cab that is driven by um, a not white taxi driver and they're talking about anal sex and they were, and on the podcast, they were reminiscing about this scene with the four girls in the back of the cab talking about anal sex in front of the Pakistani cab driver. And they're talking about anal sex, and there's the Pakistani cab driver with his turban on. And you go, hang on a sec, I remember that scene. He wasn't Pakistani, he was a Sikh. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was quite horrified at that. I was quite horrified. Do you mean they called they him Pakistani they didn't, in the show? No, they when discussing the scene now, in the podcast they now didn't about, and they were saying it was yeah. culturally insensitive. No, they weren't discussing anything about it being cult. They were going, "Ha ha ha!" It's so funny. They're talking about anal sex in front of the Pakistani cab driver, and I and I just sort of thought, but because I watched it when I was eighteen, and you know, the only thing you could say, there will obviously be a handful of Sikhs in Pakistan. It's not it's it, it's not a Sikh country. 
But no, but it's, and it, you, if you see a, someone, in it's a t- more likely that they saw a man yeah, who was not white I, it's, it's, and it's, called him Pakistani rather than a Sikh. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just wondering if you, as a man, really have anything to say about sex. Nothing. It's all to say about it. It was just meant to be a, a, a peg for doing a thing about where are they now? Yes, where are they now? That's that's great. Um, the A team, Krypton Factor. I yeah, loved Krypton Factor. That wasn't. A, that's not a drama series. That's a. That's a. No, that's like a. That's like a hilarious thing to put. Batman at the and Robin, which where obviously Robin's really old now. Well, he's bat, no longer the boy wonder. Well, po- post post uh, coronavirus, bats aren't so cool anymore. Bats are off the menu. Yeah, and the, another peg is uh, is um, Cobra Kai, of course, which is really... too too niche, too esoteric. Nobody knows what it is. What we take the entire piece to explain? Nobody knows. Okay. So that's a Netflix drama. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Why? Really? It's a. It's a, it's, exa- you, it's time, exactly that. Times readers don't even know what Netflix is. Come on, be, try and think more home counties. I think it's it, your readers don't know what Netflix possibly. is. I think Times readers know what Netflix. I've is. I've been taking the Times since 1843. <laughs> I've never seen such shit in my life. Dribble. Much preferred, sister. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, well, it's, it's a re- it's, it's a reboot. But the Sex and the, right. the new Sex and the City is not called Sex and the City. It's called. It's called and just like that. The, the 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 Karate Kid reboot is not called Karate Kid. It's called Cobra Kai. Yeah, they are exactly so other the shows same that need thing. rebooting from my youth, including yeah. that's a listicle. Listicle. Beverly Hills Nine. Clangers. Clangers got rebooted. Clangers done, done that. Yeah. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. Don't remember that much about that. You don't remember anything. Is that the one with Shriek in it? No, that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? That was called Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Was it, in what way was it different apart from not having Will Self? Why is it so funny? It's, Will Smith, not Will Self. <laughs> a, a crucial distinction. Will Smith was, was wait, never the same wait, after wait, he wait. didn't win the Booker Prize Fresh for that. Prince of Bel-Air with Will Self in it. <laughs> oh, hello, everybody. Um, the pusillanimity yes. is egregious. Football is managing to keep going. So throughout all this, football, albeit with no crowds, is carrying on, which is how Lockdown 3 differs from the previous ones. Yes, there is football to be, you can go and watch. Um, with Sean Dyke, the manager of Burnley, suggested that footballers should be, pri- we talked about this briefly on the radio show, should be prioritised uh, for like the vaccine over everyone. Put right to the top of the thing because of the national morale, really so they can just hurry back to those orgies of theirs. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, they, they are seen to provide this key work. It's very important they're there. But... Quite a lot of footballers, they're sort of silly young men with lots of money and they are they are dropping like flies in terms of getting COVID. Matches are not being played. It's reserve teams are having to be put out. Well, because they're just having parties. Well, they're, I don't know, right. they're just getting COVID. And then one of the things, the, the most recent thing has been about celebrations, goal celebrations, uh, that, that they shouldn't be hugging and right. kissing and chasing out because they could get COVID from each other. Although in theory, they're all bubbled. And then there was one, there was one the other day, Sheffield United, you won't have known this, but they haven't won a match since the fourth last match of last season. They've gone the whole Premiership season without winning a game. Yeah, I think yesterday, I think last night, they played a game against Newcastle. They got a penalty quite late doors. This boy stood up to take the penalty. Uh, boy, lad. And it's about 70th minute. I mean, if they score, I think, well, maybe later if they score this penalty, they're going to win the game. Their first game of the whole season. And he's a boy, he, used, he was in front of the, the, they also call it the cop at, uh, at, uh, at, at um, Sheffield United. He was a boy watching the terraces there. He stepped up. He was sort of looked dry-lipped and worried. He scored the goal. They all dived on him, hugged and kissing, and everyone's going, oh, they shouldn't be hugging each other. And you think, 
If you can't hug each other when you've scored a penalty for the team you've supported since a boy for its first win of an entire Premiership season, the worst ever, then when can you hug each other? The Times, however, the Times, which employs us and we love, they kind of go with the with the sort of pretty Patel angle. They're with the, they think it's all over. Strained football celebrations are long overdue. And they're saying that, that this was terrible that they were doing this, that in this time of COVID, they should merely score a goal and then sort of trot back like amateur rugby players from the 1930s back to their line to restart the game and they should and hug each other oh that's that's these are the same sort of people a little bit like my mother although i love my mother who can't bear it when tennis players clench their fists and go yes well i don't like that and i've always i sort of always have always thought that the celebration should be more restrained i used to love it in rugby in the amateur days they never celebrated a try now they do cricketers used to sort of not now they well, do yeah, they go, not yeah. as bad as footballers but i don't know it's a times third leader it'll have been written by bob lee or hugo or somebody so i don't want to diss it too badly and it's just a perspective but it's saying that restrained football celebrations are long overdue it's gone too far this is an opportunity to stop that and i thought preamble over listicle coming covid <laughs> covid sensitive celebrations so you'll be aware that footballers they do rather overdo it there's you know the baby celebration when well it, i mean when, the, fact, you, the fact that oh. before sam even knew the basic rules of football he was practicing his celebrations you're quite saying, right this one this one this one that one look this one i've got yeah. it over my head i mean he did literally didn't even know he's like, a fucking goalkeeper so whenever a footballer's had a baby, which is all the time, uh, they, they do a baby rocking thing. That actually comes from the 1994 World Cup in America. Uh, a Brazilian player called Bebesque, Bebe- I can't remember who it was. Anyway, had a baby and they, they did this. If the person, who, you, is it, do they do this if the person who scored the goals had a baby? Yeah, right. also, or they'll do, they'll do various different, Robbie Fowler did one where he pretended to, sn- the, the white line of the penalty box, he pretended oh, to yes, snort it. Oh yes, I remember that. Uh, they, they, they've, they've done, so they get these kind of elaborate gestures, but you could have just COVID runs, you score a goal and then do a huge putting on a mask gesture. Yep. Marcus Rashford, that'd be a, Marcus Rashford could do a handing out food uh-huh. gesture, couldn't he? Yeah. You could have a, a COVID goal celebration where everyone stood two metres apart. Uh, and just wag their fingers at each mm-hmm. other. Um, what? A, come on, other. You could oh, have. So, uh, um, so Andy Carroll gets up above the defence, nods one home for his first goal of the season, and does a making banana bread celebration. Yeah, getting your hand sanitizer out. Squish, getting your hand squish. sanitizer, getting squish squish celebration. Hands, face, space. space. They could do celebration. Yeah, um, and on the dot matrix, they could do hands, face, space exclamation mark while he's doing it. Everyone, everyone could do the movements. Hands, yeah. face. Space. A pro vaccination one. Could be driving an ambulance. Woo, woo, woo. Yes, Nina, that's a good one. Nina. You could, but they're footballers. Everyone would think it was just a getaway car yeah. or something like that. Yeah, they're yeah, on your way to an orgy. Yeah. But you could, but no, <laughs> everyone, the whole team lining up and then putting giving up their arms other, and then. giving each other an injection. Yeah. Then, then on the second goal. Yeah. Giving another injection. The second dose. The second dose, because yeah. it's the Pfizer one. Is yes. it the Pfizer one that you have to have too? Is there a remote learning celebration that they could do? Yep. They could bring on the little, the, they could bring on their little scouts or whatever they're called, mascots. Yeah, mascots and give them remote, do them remote learning. Yeah, and just and just and just draw, draw a picture going. No, two plus two is what? I thought we thought it was do we not think it was funny we enjoyed talking this morning about the Jimmy Page story so Jimmy Page who lives in Holland Park um, has uh, in, in Ilchester Place has an ongoing battle with Robbie uh, Williams. Robbie Williams who uh, bought Michael Winner's old house that we've been to a couple of times and was converting it to put in a sort of swimming pool and a Formula One track and a sex dungeon and it was noise and and, and, and poor old Jimmy Page was really upset by it but he's now got complaints in against seven other people Jimmy Page has? Yes. 
on Ilchester Place. Seven multi-million pound properties at Ilchester Place in Holland Park, West London, are being renovated and are covered in scaffolding. It's the most expensive road in 2019, taking over from Bishop's Avenue. No, from uh, Avenue Road. Um, properties on Ilchester Place are sold up for 35 million, average of 17 million pounds per house. Seven of them. Ilchester Place doesn't have that many houses on. I mean, fewer than us. It's like 20 houses. Seven of them. And... There's one that he's just complained about, Jimmy Page, which they've taken this, an 1865, beautiful, massive, great 12,000 square foot house. They've pulled the whole thing down, leaving only the facade to rebuild the entire house, but with a three-storey iceberg dungeon underneath it, which will take four years. And it just brings back, it's just the hilarity of these certain roads, the Bishops Avenue, Winnington Road, Avenue Road, these places. that You think the most richest, most privileged people in, in the world who could live anywhere, they live in a place and then they discover... That you can't live there because nobody does because it's yeah. just building works the you whole time. You wonder how long it's going to take Jimmy Page to just move out. Come and live on our street, Jimmy, because it is nice and quiet. We've got really friendly cats. Most of us can't even afford to have the windows cleaned, let yeah. alone... Please don't play your drums, though. Oh, I don't want him here if he's going to be all noisy no. and play his drums. No. That's probably why he lives in such a big house. And at big 79, he's probably a dungeon. little bit young for Kentish Town these days. Uh, obviously, I think it's a great idea and, uh, and I like it and I totally agree with you. But I feel like you've done... Uh, like Mr. Bieber, welcome to the welcome to the terrible land. That's just because your mum's got it on the wall of her loo. No, but I also remember that. I just think that you're covering you're covering slightly old ground there. Do you know what I think? What? I think your comics one is your best bet. I think you should do I the don't one about think comics. That's a column. Is it not? I think it's. I think it's. Okay, do gorillas then. You uh, you've got the thing out, and you're going to you're going to do it, aren't you? You're going to do it to spite me. That's fine. It's your train set. Hey, Guy, why don't we make some banana bread? What a waste of bananas. You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Times podcast produced by Ben Mitchell. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on Acast, Spotify, Apple and more. To find out what I wrote about in the end, read The Times on Saturday. There's a link in the podcast description. And for the full live experience, tune in to my new radio show on the all-new Times radio station on Fridays from 1 till 4. <laughs> <laughs>